Hello, everybody. You are listening to Limited Play Time, the board game podcast, where we bring you board game reviews in 30 minutes or less. Or the next episode is free. I am Kyle Bolin. And I'm Jason Cavallari. And we are back in our respective homes. We've gone man-to-man with our mics. We are no longer doing zone <laughs> defense with one mic. <laughs> oh, you're using sports terms. Yes, I am. Uh, these sports terms were used uh, in my other professional life earlier this week, and I couldn't help but think about the analogy with the microphones. So oh. I don't know. I'm... Okay. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? That was a great joke. All right. Today, <laughs> we we have a slew of games that we talked about at Gen Con, and we'd like to do a deeper dive with a lot of them, uh, and we're going to do so now. So we made a few remarks about the game Planet Apocalypse, which we played at Gen Con. Uh, we played one game of Planet Apocalypse, and you know what? I think that that's enough for Planet Apocalypse. I think that we can basically <laughs> say we've seen what we need to see with Planet Apocalypse, and we can kind of cast judgment about whether or not we think it's a great game a good game not a great game uh and talk about and talk about it right the value of it and everything like that so planet apocalypse is uh do you want to describe it jason uh you know i don't know how to describe it it's sort of like um it's a hell game yeah it is i mean essentially the the conceit behind the game is that uh some demon lord is uh invading the city um the city the city i don't think the city actually had a name nope (laughs) it was just the city you know i want to talk about this just for a minute because i found the board the board is interesting because to me um towards the end of it so so the board let's just describe the board real quick the board is like a a single lane a very wide single lane strip of cardboard that is either a circle or it like makes sort of like you know a, a curvy a, path, a, yeah, a curvy path, right? Like you know, like a like an S with an extra curl on it or something like that. And so, like the demons start at one end and they just kind of like you know move slowly towards the other end, which has the city. And on the other end of the of the board is hell or whatever, right? <laughs> hell or whatever. And there's this transition. There's a transition from like the hell side of the board to the 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 earth side of the board, right? And and you, the, the heroes start on the earth side of the board. What I found interesting was that like it shows this city, like like it looks like a Google Maps like image of a city from above, like on the on the one far end of the board. But as it's transitioning, you see like a bunch of like cornfields or like like farm <laughs> fields and stuff like that as you're transitioning. So it looks like a midwestern sort of uh like like skyscape uh, or like a, a, a the picture from a plane of like when you're flying over the midwest or something like that i found it interesting that it wasn't just like obviously new york city or something like that (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that's sort of a standard thing in like horror movies like they don't pick big urban locations because true yeah they need them to be sorry kyle but sort of more generic uh-huh <laughs> yeah well i was gonna say i mean it could have been like columbus ohio or something like that you yeah. know uh so yeah anyway i found yeah, that that yeah. was an interesting touch that you could see like these like the strips the squares of the 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 farm fields in and you know as the as this transition happened and everything so. yeah um so yeah so there's some demons on one end and the humans on the other end and you're you're trying to protect the city from demon invasion um and essentially what happens is that the the demon lord uh and there's different demon lords that you can choose from but well uh, there's only one in the base game right no there's several are there yeah i was looking it up because i was trying to figure that out and all i could find was baphomet in the base game uh well the kickstarter had several so i don't i don't know if like the retail version comes with just one or not i did the one we played against was baphomet but there are other ones for the game, however you get them, th- I'm not sure. There's a bunch of expansions that they were selling, and I, I think that they mostly came in those. Yeah. 
so yeah so the demon lord um summons waves of enemies and they sort of they move uh like clockwork like on at the end of every round like they move forward one space um and you are trying to defeat them before they get to the city because every time one gets to the city it advances the doom track and then once the doom track reaches the end that's when the end game is triggered for the worse <laughs> Um, I think once you read the Doom Track, you actually get a chance to fight. You know, you get like a last ditch attempt to fight against the Lord. Um, although you can try and kill him before that happens, which I think is the goal. Yeah, it, it's an option, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, don't. You can try. It's, a, it's not a very realistic <laughs> option, but it is an option. So. <laughs> well, I mean, so the reason we have <laughs> we're having this conversation is because when we were playing the game. Um, we were fight we were doing a pretty good job actually of fighting these waves of lesser demons um and uh minimizing the amount that would get through um until at one point the person that was running the game for us like sort of convinced Kyle that it was a good idea to just jump into the <laughs> jump into fighting the um fighting the lord and so he did uh, he was just like all right yeah let's do it and he <laughs> He jumped right in, and then the game runner was like, "Oh yeah, like once you do that, all this other stuff happens, and like yeah, the entire the entire armies of hell were like yeah. coming out of <laughs> coming out of yeah this this thing that they he happened, and it was just a bad scene." Yeah, I gave the guy a very much like, "Are you are you kidding me?" sort of look, you know, just like really, this is what's gonna happen. And then I was like, "You know what? Whatever, fine. This is fine. Let's just do it." And then I like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch the brick wall, and then I'm gonna die, and then I'm gonna you go died. use the bathroom because I gotta go to the bathroom so badly." <laughs> right. So, so yeah. it worked out so, for me, I guess, in a way. <laughs> so yeah, so Kyle died and got to go to the bathroom, and the rest of us uh, limped along until we lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So mechanically in this game what you're doing is you are basically like playing a uh, a one lane tower defense game where all these demons are kind of just like moving uh you know like once per turn or whatever once once per round towards the earth side of the board you're trying to pick them off the board kill them before they get there and every time one falls off the board uh the doom track goes up you get closer to the loss condition uh but you're also you need to be like kind of powering your heroes up so that you can eventually take out the big huge you know boss demon and win the game before that happens right yeah. Um, so it's kind of a race against time, um, but mechanically what's happening is like, you know, whenever you step into a new area of the board, a new section of the board, once one hero goes there, you spawn demons. And and the way that you spawn demons is kind of cool, I thought. You take these dice that um, every side of the die is like one half of like a, a, like a real like sort of eldritch looking symbol or something. Mm -hmm. And you roll those dice. The number of dice that you roll is based on how far into the game you are. So it starts out with fewer. Uh, and for every matching symbol you can create between two dice, you spawn a pair of enemies. Like, you know, uh, there's like three tiers of enemies. So you might get like, you know, the highest tier, the middle tier, the lowest tier, right? And each one of those comes with, uh, what did they call them? A larva. A larva, yeah. It's like basically just like a little, like a little like uh, really weak enemy that's really easy to kill or whatever. So you're always going to get at least two enemies for every matching symbol. One's going to be somewhat powerful to powerful, and one's going to be like a joke essentially, right? Just yeah. something to kill with some extra dice rolling or whatever. Um, and and so you're basically you're just going to keep fighting these things to try to get um resources that you're going to use to upgrade your characters. So you get these this token called courage that's basically sort of like XP, but it can also be used to uh, increase 
Uh, it can yeah. be used to like kind of boost other people's die rolls and, and do several other things like healing and stuff like that. But you can use it as a currency to buy upgrades for your character because each character sheet has basically like an upgrade tree on them. Mm-hmm. And you can buy these cards from a market using the uh, the courage tokens that you've earned to not only like get the bonus that's on the card, but when it goes on your character sheet, you place it over one of these like um, upgrade slots on the upgrade tree, and you also get a bonus that's listed on the on that. So you're right, basically yeah. getting like two upgrades at once when you upgrade your character, uh, but it can be rather costly. Like we didn't get that many upgrades while we were playing that game. No, because you can also spend them on um, essentially the towers <laughs> of the game. You can uh, purchase basically NPCs that are represented by cards. Um, and you can set them up in a zone, and so that every time there's a you know demon in that zone, this NPC will attack it. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little bit of a tower defense thing where like you can set these things up so that they just automatically try to attack demons. But until you get them up to like a certain level, which is also very difficult, they are only able to do any damage to like sort of the lower levels of demons. So if some of these higher level demons roll stroll through that area where you've got your, you know, army waiting to like pick people off as they come, they're just not going to be effectual at all. Like they just can't, they can't roll high enough to beat the demons because the way that killing demons works in this game is that they have a certain die roll that you have to hit in order to kill them. So like it just takes a hit to kill most demons. I think everything but, like, the final demon that you fight, right? Like, the boss demon. So, yeah. um, it just takes a hit. So, you know, like, one demon might require a roll of an eight to hit him, right? Um, and on the die rolls, you're a lot of these guys, like, they roll only up to a D6. Uh, because depending on the character, depending on, like, what kind of, like, upgrades you've gotten and everything, you're rolling somewhere between a D4 and a D12. Yep. And the way that you can you can boost somebody's die roll, that means you're giving them a courage, and then on their turn, they can go from, like, a D6 to a D8 or something like that. You yeah. go up one step, one die step, step right? Yeah. Um, and so it's possible to kill a, a, a demon that requires a roll of an 8 if you have a D8, but it's a 1 in 8 chance, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so rolling, say, two D8s is much better because now you've got two dice that might possibly hit an 8. Uh, and, and so that's what's going to happen with these, like not only your characters, but these little armies or whatever that sit in the spaces and just wait for demons to come by is as you upgrade them, you might start out with like one D six, but then if you upgrade them two times, now you're on the third upgrade, you've got two D six, the third upgrade maybe gets a three D six. And there was only like one type of army in the game. I don't know what else to call them. They were like, you know, there was like a militia, an army, uh, like special ops, things like yeah, that. And like I think a only patrol or something. Yeah, and, and and like you know, like the better quality the army or the you know the uh, the tower defense thingy is. I don't even know what to call them. Um, but the card that you put down that has the tower defense element has uh the the higher the die rolls and the more dice they get to roll. But there was only one of those, and it was the most expensive one that I think went up to like a D10. So the harder demons in the game just aren't going to fall to those things. It still kind of falls on you as the players to go after them because chances are you're going to have people in your group that have the ability to roll D12s, D10s to try to take out the the chunkier demons in the game. Yeah. Um, so I kind of felt like the I kind of felt like the tower defense element in this game was almost just inconsequential for us when we were playing. It took I out mean, a couple of little things, but that was it. I mean, it could have been that we were I mean still sort of learning the game. So that, true. Like, yeah. Maybe we didn't realize how yeah. valuable they could be. Maybe, but it also felt like we were so short on resources at all times. It never felt like we wasted anything anywhere to me. It felt like we were maybe maybe we didn't know how to min-max things the way that you need to min-max things in order to succeed at this game. Yeah, but possibly. 
but it it definitely didn't feel like oh we spent too much money on you know uh healing people or you know boosting people because it felt like we were doing exactly what we needed to do to survive at any given time yeah yeah that is one of the things about this game is that it was um the resources were pretty scarce like it was hard to get courage points yeah although i don't remember oh yeah you got one every time you killed something yeah yeah but if you were like a a weaker character to start with your chances of killing something were relatively low Mm -hmm. and so your income from the murder would be less than your compatriots yeah uh which i was the problem that i found myself having is because i only i only had a d4 uh, when I was starting out, and so I could only kill the really little dudes, and there weren't that many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, either somebody else killed them before they got to me, or you know, there wasn't one or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, so I was kind of hamstrung that way. Um, eventually, I managed to get a couple of unlocks on my on my you know my character track there, uh, which helped a little bit. Yeah, I found the um the upgrade path was probably the coolest thing to me about the game like there were some pretty interesting ways to upgrade your character uh the cards that you could draft or buy uh and then and put them on the little like you know upgrade tree some of those were also expensive though because like some of the cards have a cost on them some of them are free but some of them have a cost on them and then also you have to pay to unlock the upgrade slot on your character sheet so you could be paying between like six and eight courage which could be like all the courage you've ever had in the game put together right yeah it's very expensive granted an awesome upgrade but then you're like out of it (laughs) yeah uh the characters were pretty varied i guess like you know we had one character that was a sniper that could like uh attack demons in adjacent zones where the rest of us had to be like you know in in a zone with demons in order to attack them like i had a character that was basically just like you know fully offensive she takes a penalty if she's not attacking essentially she can't heal herself um, you know, you can heal each other, you can heal yourself, but yeah, every character, character comes with like a weakness. There's a, they have a, a unique strength yeah. and a unique weakness as well um, as like sort of perks and stuff like that. Yeah. So. so like my weakness, for example, was that I had to move every turn. Yeah. Um, I couldn't just stay in one place, which on occasion would mean that I'd have to walk into a more dangerous situation than the one I was in, or I'd have to like go into an empty space and therefore like respawn some demons or like whatever. So yeah. that was a little bit of a hamstring. The dude next to me was pretty, uh, he was kind of like a glass cannon kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was like really, he had a really low health pool. So, I mean, it's I thought that was interesting, actually, that not only did the characters come with a strength, but there was also like a, a hindrance to each of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, you know, we, we had to think about where our strengths lied and, and, and where our strengths lay and, yeah, and how to use them and everything. Uh, so anyway, like, how do you how did you enjoy the game, Jason? Um, I liked it. I, uh, I don't know. I enjoyed playing it. I have to <laughs> I have to say that I did enjoy playing it. I don't know if it's something that I would play a lot of um, because it's hard (laughs) it's a very hard game um and we've played other hard games before and we've said things like punishingly difficult or you know stuff like that and it made us not enjoy the game um this didn't make me uh it, it didn't make me not like the game um but it definitely made it so that i would think twice about uh wanting to get it out and bring it to the to the gaming table um because it, I suppose it could be a really disheartening experience for people that play it. 
so <clears throat> when I went up and and punched the wall, yeah, when I had my moment, yeah, I. I, I thought about just how difficult the game was going to be in order to line up all the things that you need to line up in order to have any chance of success at this game. And it was one of those moments where it's like when he explained to me what was happening, that's when I was just like, okay, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore because it was just so ridiculous. Like what's expected of you to, to handle towards the end of the game. I suppose if you got all four or five of these heroes, like, you know, in one zone at one time, you could spread damage around enough so that you could survive a round or two, but I, I didn't really see... It didn't feel like a possible thing to succeed at this game when he explained to me what was happening, you know? I, I, and I, I suppose that this is a game where you play it enough that you learn how to min-max things, and maybe you get to that point where, you know, you can overcome the odds and, and beat the demon at the end and everything, but... At that moment in time, it really did kind of ruin the game for me a little bit. I think the other thing is just that, like, I felt like playing the game felt, I don't know, like, kind of ordinary. I don't know how else to describe it. It just kind of felt like, you know, okay, I move one space, I roll a die, I attack, you know? Mm. And, and it didn't feel like there were very many interesting decisions to be made in this game. It didn't feel like there was, like, a lot of strategy going on. I mean, like, choosing an upgrade is fun. Choosing an upgrade is interesting. But I did that once the entire game, you know? Mm -hmm. Choosing which enemy to attack, there's not much decision-making to happen there. Because you might be in a space with one to three demons, and you may only be able to actually hit one of them. So you just roll your one die, and then it's the next person's turn. And so, you know, the interesting decisions came down to, do I spend courage on another person to attack? Do I spend courage to heal somebody or myself? And then, you know, like, do I save this courage up and, and try to get some upgrades? And then there's a bunch of teamwork stuff that happens where everybody has to talk about how you're going to use the pooled resources because there's a certain pool of courage that's available to everybody. But, like, we never really had any arguments over that or anything. It just kind of felt like everybody was, like, on the same page. Like, yep, that seems like the obvious thing to do with it. And so there was never a point where the game, like, devolved into a bunch of survivors arguing about how to use the resources like you see in some, like, post-apocalyptic fiction, right? That could have also been just our particular situation because, like, It could have been. We were, and, we were playing with, what, four other strangers? No, no, like, three, three five, strangers. Five, five strangers because they put us in a six-player game even though it was a five-player game. Well, there's three uh, of us. Yeah. Well, okay. So three strangers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, like the, but like it just kind of felt like uh I don't know. It just didn't feel like there was many interesting decisions happening. It didn't feel like there was many you know strategic decisions to be made while we were playing the game. And and it just kind of felt like going along for the ride, rolling the dice, and seeing how things you know came out in the end. To me, anyway, right. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't super engaged with the game as we were playing it. I didn't have a terrible time playing it. You know, it would be a fine way to spend a night uh, if, if I was, like, already at a table and somebody pulled this game out. But, you know, I, I wasn't coming away from this game thinking, like, I really want to play this game some more. It just didn't feel like there was very many interesting decisions to be made or very many decisions to be made. Um, I feel like this is a situation where, like, another play could be beneficial. Um, because I think, well, at least for me, like, I don't think I was getting... I don't think I was getting the full scope of it um, until we were getting towards the end of the game and I was seeing like what could have been a better use of spending our resources because we were yeah. we were often spending them on boosting other people's attacks, mm -hmm. which was fine because we were like, you know, taking out demons and very few of them were actually getting through to the city. Um, but I'm beginning to think that that's probably not the strategy that should be that should be approached like some of them will have to get through yeah so that you can spend your resources on other things especially in the early part of the game 
So you need to be considering the Doom Track or whatever as another resource. Like, we can yes. probably take up to, like, five of these or six of these before we really need to start worrying. And so let's let right. that happen so that we can conserve some stuff and use it later on. Right, yeah. So we can, you know, conserve our courage, build that, you know, unlock some abilities. Yeah. Maybe buy some tower defense shit. Yeah, Sorry. and we started having we started having some discussions like that towards the end of the game, but it right. was too little too late. And, you know, and that's fine. I mean, I think that that's where some of the strategy in this game lies, but I still just playing the game like the moment to moment turn to turn stuff just wasn't that engaging to me. Um, you know, cause those are, those are discussions you can have once and then you can just kind of follow that strategy and see if it works. So I don't know, like it was all right, but I didn't love it now. I mean, also, so, I mean, the way you just phrased that I think is good because it's, I don't think it's that engaging for like an individual player, but mm-hmm. as a, like the game is teamwork. Mm-hmm. So I think the game's more engaging if you think of it as we are a team. Yeah. Instead of, like, what my individual contribution is. Yeah. So, let's talk about the components, okay? Because I think it would be unfair to talk about this game without mentioning the components. Uh, the sculpts of the minis are horrific and amazing and, <laughs> phenom- like, top shelf, right? Top shelf yeah. minis, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you're not going to see better minis than this. You're not going to see better designs than this in terms of, like, horrific-looking monsters. Yeah, uh, they're pretty gnarly <laughs> yeah this this is what peterson games excels at and they continue to do so with planet apocalypse this game looks amazing it has great tail presence you know the minis are range from like you know a decent sized character to like a massive monster and the detail the quality you know the the sculpts and everything it's just it's just you know phenomenal yeah it looks cool <laughs> yeah yeah the the board is fine i feel like it's functional i don't feel like it's exceptional in any way it doesn't I mean it's, it's a board yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, a lot of boards are beautiful. You know, like a lot of boards are, oh, are yeah, I suppose. absolutely gorgeous, and, and you can't help but talk about the board, right? This board is nothing but functional in my mind. I, I just see it as a functional thing. It does the function that it's designed to do, and it doesn't do anything more than that. Sure. In my opinion, right? The dice are nice. The dice look cool. The symbols are cool. So I think that, like, you know, component-wise, this game is, you know, like, good to, you know, phenomenal in terms of, like, you know, the mini sculpts and everything like that. But... I still can't help but think about value when I'm thinking about a game, right? And I did a bunch of research yesterday trying to figure out what actually comes in the base game. Like, if you walked out to the game store when this comes out, because I think it's still in, like, sort of, like, pre... It's, like, an early delivery phase right now with Kickstarter, and then there's going to be some going to retail and everything, so you'll have an opportunity to buy this if you want to. Um, But I can't help think about the replayability of the game and the value of what you're getting. Now... It's an expensive game. I think that the MSRP for the base game is $100. And there's a bunch of expansion stuff that they had in the Kickstarter because that's, you know, that's Peterson Games' whole thing. They have, like, a base game that you can get for, like, whatever game. And then you've got, like, you know, tons of expansions you can buy. And you can end up spending $1,000 on one of their games if you want to because it's all about these hot minis, right? But this game comes with one Demon Lord, Baphomet. That's it. That's what comes in the base game. It comes with one double-sided map that you can flip over and play with these two locations. But again, because the game is basically just like, you know, one strip of um, a lane, I don't even know. I can't imagine how flipping the board over changes things that much other than I know you can like turn one into a circle. So the demons go around in a circle and the other one is just like, you know, a lane that they fall off of essentially. So that's what you're getting in terms of like, you know, the locations that you're going to be fighting in and the demon lord you're going to be fighting. You get one demon lord and like a handful of like little minion type guys that you're going to be fighting as well. The quality's great. The size of the minis is great. But when I think about playing this game, it feels like unless you buy a ton of the expansion stuff, you're just going to be playing the same exact scenario every single time. Yeah. I don't feel like that's worth $100 to me. 
So I feel like the the person that this is for is somebody that is just like more interested in the minis themselves, but also is looking for a playable, decent, hard, challenging game to go with it. And that's the bonus, right? Mm -hmm. This is one of those games where it feels like you're paying for the minis and the production quality and the game is sort of like, you know, the tacked on bonus in the end to me. That's how I feel like about it. That's where I feel like this game's value lies. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like it's a fine game. Like it's it's a it's a decent game. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think the I don't think the entire value is in is in the minis. It's $100. I know. The gameplay I mean, is the gameplay is not a $100 gameplay experience. No, I mean it's it's overpriced for sure, but I don't I don't think the game itself is valueless. Yeah. Now I'm like I'm looking at right now the 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 board game geek page and the cool stuff Inc. ad that's up for pre order says seventy one forty nine for pre order. If you got this for seventy two dollars and you're interested in the minis, you're interested in like you know having a game like this to play. Okay, fine. You know like you go out and you spend seventy two bucks and it's a lot of money, but you're getting really decent quality components for that. Um. So if you're the kind of person that likes to paint these things or whatever, I could see spending the money on that. The minis are great. I would not do that though because I also want a uh, a decent game that I'm excited to play coming with that seventy two dollars or hundred dollars if you walk into the, your your local game store and, and buy it and I I couldn't justify that to myself for for what this game is it's just too simple mm-hmm. yeah but I don't know would you buy this game Jason uh I mean not not for a hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> what about seventy dollars. I might for seventy dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're much more into minis than I am, so I am. I think that that probably influences the decision a little bit. And so, you know, if that's the thing that brings you joy, then you go ahead. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about with Planet Apocalypse? Uh, no. I mean, I just I I really like demon things. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All right. Well, if people would like to get a hold of us and tell us what kind of demon is their favorite demon, how would they do so, Jason? <laughs> All right. So for some demon love, you can email us. It's podcast at limitedplaytime.com. Uh, you can tweet, uh, Twitter. You can tweet us <laughs> at Limited Playtime. You can go to the Instagram at Limited Playtime Podcast or the website, limitedplaytime.com. How to stop sucking on my cough drop. Ugh. <clears throat> <laughs> Next week. We are going to be going back and talking about terrible. Nope, sorry. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Terror Below. Uh, this is a new game from Renegade Games, and it involves basically it's the movie Tremors. Uh, there's a bunch of sandworms running around your town, and you've got to decide what you're going to do to take care of that those worms. You fight the worms, so that's what we're going to be talking about, is fighting worms worm what are under the ground in our desert town. So, check back with us in one week, and we will see you then. Thanks for listening. Later. Bye.